Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Um, I've had I had this guest on. You know, it's weird. Is I had you on three years ago. Wow. That's like because it was in 2013, and you were just pregnant with Neo. Or was it 2014? I'm trying to remember. I had you on almost three years ago, it feels like. But um, anyways, she is an all-around badass person. I went out to... Last time we had her on, she invited me out to the Jackalope Freedom Festival, which is an awesome uh, camping trip, which is now a week long, right? Yep. And... um, so, if you guys want to go have some fun in Arizona, we're going to talk about that on this show today. But, Miss Alma Summer, how are you doing today, Alma? Oh, great. Doing great. Yeah, now you're, a, a... Now you're a nomad, in a way. <laughs> and uh, I think before, you weren't quite there. you just become pregnant. And now you're a mom, a nomad. You guys, how, you guys did an RV tour, right? Like, you guys drove around a while in your RV? Yeah, we did a, a Texas Bitcoin tour. Well, we did a Bitcoin tour. Went to Texas and California and <clears throat> Arizona. That's pretty awesome. So let's kind of start with that. Let's catch up a little bit. So when did um, – so what – because I know um, Brian, your partner, was he was working construction. And then I remember you were building up to, to do this RV trip. So – what was it that kind of like made you guys say like let's let's just do this now? Yeah, he's an electrician, so he had been doing that, you know, for the last 16 years I think at the time. He's still an electrician. And now we do off-grid solar installations. So basically what happened was between then and now was we left our apartment and we went to Santa Cruz, California to um, help my dad with a business there. And I didn't want to stay very long in Santa Cruz, California, because it's just California. And so Brian and I decided that we would uh, leave after a certain amount of time. And then we went to Concho, Arizona, after a few months of being in Santa Cruz. And when we were living there, uh, we had a very gracious friend who's completely off-grid for 10 years now. He let us stay in one of his trailers, and Brian got one of his old solar panels and hooked it up. So we had a little bit of power, and uh, we had some water, and we lived there for about three months, I think, until we were able to do a work trade for his neighbor's Winnebago. Um, we were going to do a work trade with those neighbors, um, but it, it didn't work out that way. But a friend of ours from Jackalope that we met the first year wanted, um, he had just purchased a house and he wanted to go completely off grid solar. And so he offered to give us the money for the Winnebago in exchange for the work trade installing his solar. And so we parked his house for a duration of time while we installed his off-grid solar installation. And while we were there, um, Adam invited us to come to his property, Freedom Ranch, and live with them there. So, yeah, that's that's a long story short. Yeah, that's pretty gangster, though. So... (laughs) (laughs) 
When did you guys start doing? So did you guys get the uh, the Tesla battery for your solar? Have you guys looked into that? <laughs> These are Brian questions. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He said, "Did you get the Tesla battery for your solar?" No, the Tesla battery is bad for two reasons. One, it puts out a weird voltage somewhere between 130 and 250 volts. So find an inverter for that. You're looking at a custom job, and you're looking at about five to six grand for an inverter. So That's not fun, man. No, no. Yeah, so. there seemed to be a lot of hype around it, but I heard that there was like a mixture of um, – like I guess even as like a consumer, like you had to have a Tesla certified solar installer. You couldn't even have a normal solar installer to install it. Yeah, not to mention that it's lithium ion, which is highly volatile. It has its own cooling system, and if it fails, you're looking at whatever room it is being completely burned down. Not to mention the highly toxic gases that will be coming off of it. So do you, what do you so what do you recommend for somebody who wants to go off grid solar? Like what what do you think is the best battery? Iron Edison makes a battery. They're in Colorado. You can order through me, and um, they make a battery that's guaranteed for thirty years. That's pretty awesome. How yeah, could they order through you, Brian? That's a great. That's a great. Uh... <laughs> um, I'm partnered with them, so I can get them a better deal. Um, I would not try to do this yourself unless you're a pretty avid, mechanically, electrically inclined person. So they're a nickel iron, and they don't use an acid. It's an electrolyte. So they're also now doing lithium iron, which is a lot more stable than lithium ion, which is what Tesla's doing. <clears throat> but their nickel iron batteries last longer than any battery on the market and you can deplete them 80 percent whereas yeah whereas your best uh lead acid battery you're looking at about 50 to 60 percent max and that's pushing it and like can you still because you guys are it gets hot where you guys well are you guys up north now because it's kind of yes. cool up there so yeah. it's, it's a lot yeah. cooler up there right yep yep very very uh, moderate temperatures um, there's a local that's been here for 19 years and he said, you're looking at maybe a hundred degrees for maybe a week and then, but it still cools off to like the sixties and seventies at night. So, yeah. So do you guys ever have to use an AC or is it, can like that battery power an AC for the solar? No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you get enough of them. Yeah. Like the solar system I did was. A ten thousand watt an hour system, and it had an eight hundred amp hour capacity. So, That's it's a awesome. huge system. Not our system. Not our system in my RV. This is the one that I did for a friend. <laughs> well, okay. So what? Like, so for a scale for an RV, like how big? I guess like how much? How much solar could you use? I mean, have you? Do you guys plan on like adding more solar to the RV, or is the RV just kind of like a temporary living space for the time being? I, I mean, yes to both the questions. I mean, I have solar on it right now. It's just finding the room yeah. and the capacity. So you got to find the room on the roof to put the panels. Then you got to find the room to put like, you know, three thousand pounds of batteries. So it's just like, okay, it's either I can do that. Or I can just run my huge generator. So yeah, 
So, because right now you guys are are running to like you guys are in this transition. So you were kind of nomading it up, um, kind of traveling in a bit, and now you guys are looking to really kind of set down roots in homestead. So let's kind of like transition to that. So, what is your guys's plan to moving forward to to do that? Because you guys already have way ahead of the game with like solar. Because I have no idea how to do solar and. It's something I'll look into eventually, but um, it's awesome that you guys do. So what? So what's your plan moving forward for for the homestead? Yeah, um, I don't have. I don't really have a plan. We're just gonna kind of travel <laughs> almost, around. Almost said she had a plan. Almost said she had a centralized life plan. Yeah. So do you have like a mix? Like we're gonna homestead part of the year and then travel the rest of the year well we have a well we're in a a working situation right now uh for a certain amount of time and then that will end uh we have events planned like jackalope and i'm also going to be attending the march against monsanto uh in at tempe farmers market um in tempe and that's may 21st so we're doing things like that um, but yeah, we don't know, like, we usually don't know where our next job is going to be until much closer to the end of our current job. That makes sense. So right now it's just like, tra- you guys are pretty much just traveling and, and helping people get off grid and then just kind of like doing that. Yeah. I think, I think we, you know, we're still, we, we're very open-minded to like what types of jobs and how long we stay there. And we do have plans for more families. So we're, you know, putting that into consideration when we decide where we go next. Um, you know, there's things like that. So, but, you know, we definitely want to continue traveling and continue going to different events and visiting other people's properties that are living self-sustainably already. And, other people that are just starting up. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, well. I wanted Brian to tell you real quick about our solar setup, how many batteries and solar panels and the, the details. I would like I don't to know hear why. that, Brian. Yeah. It's very cheesy. It's like two batteries, a thousand watts of solar. Our batteries are charged by like eight o'clock in the morning. So we run everything during the day off of our solar. So we're really not cycling our batteries at all, which is what you want to do if you want to make your batteries last a long time. Oh, well, I'll keep that in mind. I guess there's some information that that's, that's not really what I was like going for, like the wattage of our um, solar panels and how many we have. You said a thousand. Oh, you said a thousand. Okay. <laughs> Did you talk about the inverter? I'm sorry. I missed it. Did you talk, no. talk about the inverter? No, it's a really cheap Chinese made borrowed inverter. So, but how many wattage? 3,000. So we're like, you know, we do just fine. Yeah. So you don't have to run. So, I mean, you don't. So when you're in your RV, I mean, you don't have to run any gas unless you're driving. Now, you did say you have a kick-ass generator. Um, how is that like it? What what generator do you guys use, Brian? It's um, the one that came with the motorhome. It's an Onan 6.5 kW. Okay. And we're living in a 86 Winnebago, a landed. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, but when you when you buy when you buy a generator, here's a peaceful tip. Um, 
you want to look for the generator with the lowest RPM running speed. So most generators run between about somewhere between 28 and 3,700 RPMs, which is kind of high for a small motor. Onan generators run at 1,800 RPMs, so they last forever. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah, or just go with a really good quality, like a Honda. Like a Honda generator, that's that'll last you 15, 20 years. Yeah. So... So where do you guys? So where would you guys like to travel? So what, are there any places you guys want to take jobs to travel to, or you want to stay pretty uh, much on the West Coast? No, there's really no like place that I'm like set on. I mean, I'll go pretty much all over the U.S. except for like you know New York. I don't want to go to that place. Um, pretty much any place that tells me I can't I can't wear a gun or have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so if you live in New Orleans, Chicago, or New York, don't call me for work. I think we should just settle Liberlands like all over the place. And if we have to write note like words on pieces of paper to get other human beings who are completely brainwashed and programmed to understand it or recognize it or whatever, people yeah. should probably do it. Because hey, I think they just had their like one year. They haven't been offed yet. So, like, more power. Here we go. So, I mean, so I didn't realize that you guys had, that the the RV thing was actually um, in relationship to, to Brian switching over to doing solar. So, is that was that a big thing for it? Why, why you guys started doing the RV life, uh, the RV life? Well, we didn't want the overhead. Yeah, and it yeah. makes it easier, too, because it's like, you know, all of our friends don't live in Arizona. They live all over the freaking country. So it's like, hey, if I'm mobile, that just makes it that much easier. I say, okay, you want an off-grade? Part of the deal is I get to stay on your land and I get water and get down my sewage. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So when did you guys come up with this? Because I know... When did you guys start traveling? It seems like that was it was it like happened overnight. I swear. Yeah, because it seemed like it. It was right after you guys had your baby, wasn't it? Right after, yeah, we went to Texas before we 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 went on the uh, Bitcoin tour to Texas before we even had the motorhome. So we pulled a tra- trailer with like a third of our stuff in it because <laughs> we had cool. just left the apartment and camped. And camped. Did you guys? In a tent. Did you guys keep a lot of that stuff, or did you get rid of a lot of it, or how do you guys? I had a, keep going. I had a lot of it to begin with. We still have, a, yeah, we still have a lot of it. We actually just picked up some storage from uh, our place in Concho. We got the rest of our stuff there, and we still have storage in the valley that we have to deal with. So, but now that we've parted with it for a period of time. I've heard stories about people going back to their things and it's a lot easier to get rid of them. I already got like all of, all of the stuff I got from Concho. I'm going to get rid of like half of it at least. Yeah. It's, it's going lean. It seems like is the way to go. I, um, I feel like this past weekend, um, like before I started like messing with my, like my small urban farm here, uh, I just started, like, I have boxes that I haven't even, I think I've moved four times 
and I have boxes <laughs> from like four times ago that I still haven't gone through. And it's like, I just need to go through and get rid of shit. Like I have this old couch that I had and I just stuck it on my front porch as like a, a porch couch until it rains and I'll probably throw it out. <laughs> but it's just like, you don't need, like, I just have so much shit and it's like, I don't I need know, all dude. this stuff. And, um, we still have cushions from our couch. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the couch? That's actually probably... Okay. Keep going. So, so here's the thing. If you can't think of three things that you could possibly use, something that you're thinking about getting rid of, off the top of your head, get rid of it. Yeah. That's his theory. How much stuff have you gotten rid of, Brian? He... I never had much shit. I'm not oh, a girl. Oh, my bad. You like, said, you oh, I thought stuff. you said he I has never so had many tools. Stuff. Yeah, but tools yes. are handy, though. Have you gone through your Have you gone through your tools, though? Like, the, I don't necessarily need this tool anymore, so I'll sell it or anything like that? Or do you always kind of okay. keep your tools? Every single one of my tools has a purpose, <laughs> including the ones. I have special tools just for our Jeeps. Yeah. But you know what? If, if I'm down on the side of the road or whatever and I need that special tool, boom, I got it. I'm fixed and I'm on the road again. Boom, he's got it. So how do you guys try to, uh, um, I guess, prioritize? How do you, I guess how do you guys manage storage? That's a good question. Like, How do you prioritize being nomads on the road, doing your thing, like prioritize what you have and, and everything like that? Is it does it really come you prioritize to... by like what well you like how Brian's suggested that's a good way the three find yeah. three uses for it and then if it fits <laughs> in your house and if it doesn't fit it must go now what do you so now the whole the okay so now the space thing so I heard a lot of people when they transition to living in an RV um, they actually realize at first it's a little bit difficult because. You're in a confined space, and then you just get used to it, and it's a lot easier. Did you guys kind of find that to be true? Yeah, a, a lot of things that we've heard is, like, don't bring, like, your girlfriend of, like, three weeks on the road for, like, three months because it's not going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> when you live in a confined space, there's, A, no privacy, B, confined quarters, and no privacy. So. <laughs> I watched some like sailing shows on YouTube. They have some very successful Patreon campaigns as well. And they talk about this because they'll be traveling across the ocean and they literally cannot leave their boat. Like Brian and I can leave the motorhome and go for a walk. And these people will talk about how far they have to get, you know, how far can they get away from each other on a boat. And I've heard them say that they end up getting like right on top of each each other but that's as far as away they they can be from each other so it's pretty funny <laughs> we definitely have don't have that issue different decks i guess yeah different decks yeah yeah my my parents were actually they were thinking about buying a catamaran and just kind of stay on the ocean for five years in retirement but they uh now they just want a homestead but i watched a lot of that i've watched a lot of that stuff it's pretty interesting um seasteading yeah yeah seasteading it's it's pretty crazy, but I think eventually, you know, if he, my, the biggest concern for my dad was he uh, he's had like some heart issues, and he wanted to be able to he wanted to make sure he had easy access to a cardiologist. 
Get so. a nurse to go with them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I've like met some volunteers that are nurses, and I'm trying to convince them to go on a sailboat with our family. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, Alma, so what's what's what else is new with you? So now you're you're still writing. Where all are you writing now? Oh, writing. Yeah, I write for the Homestead Guru. Yeah. So what do you and mean? If you want to, oh, keep going. If you want to write for the Homestead Guru, you can write for them as well. Yeah, I'm not much that great of a writer, but I might. Uh, it's a good. That's a good exercise. You did say something to me about that earlier. Should really. Look I'm not into that. that great of a writer either, but John Bush is willing to help because it's his site, and so there's somebody there who is has incentive to help people get better. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I'll uh, see if I get some. T- How often do you have to write an article? To write on there. There are no stipulations like that. Oh, nice. Just like, <laughs> I mean, they would love the more frequent, the better. And the more frequent, the more compensated you can be. Oh, that's cool. You get compensated for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, man. Your work will be compensated and p- quite possibly in a cryptocurrency. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, so what else is going on? So you guys have a Patreon account now too as well, correct? Yeah, we have three Patreons. I'm so excited about it. I am I'm doing my best um, to create like, you know, the documentary style of like mini films of like what is going on in our lives and things like that. And I definitely want to incorporate some of Brian's smart stuff with the electrical because I think people really dig that. Um, and also some copyleft music. So if you, uh, know anyone or have any way I can get some copyleft music, I'm willing to promote and incorporate it in our videos. That's pretty cool. I, I and then, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, and then some of our, um, some of our goals when a certain, when a person pledges a certain amount, we are going to put a certain amount into Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency like Dash or something like that. So that is also incentive because there is no uh, cryptocurrency content creating platform like Patreon yet. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting, too, to see. Um, I think the last time we talked, it was it was a thousand dollars of Bitcoin. And now like the, the dollars kind of. It's gone. It's gone up, and other currencies have gone down. But if you really look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin's really stayed just about the same. Like Bitcoin, you don't see the fluctuations, and I think it's it's really cool with cryptocurrency and and the decentralized currency. So that's a great point, and somebody should get on that. What about Mike Ford? Is Mike Ford working on a, a thing like that? He did do the like the uh, Kickstarter Bitcoin version there, the uh, uh, crowdfunding Bitcoin. There was BitcoinStarter.com, which allowed you to post a video and you could earn. Um, it was just like, it was similar to that, but it wasn't like per video. And then there's also Watch My Bit, um, but I couldn't post free videos on there. And so in order to get people to come somewhere, I want to post free videos there. Yeah. Um, so then I found Patreon and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And it was created by content creators, I think, three years ago. 
Um, and I did a lot of research on different types of video editing. And two of my favorites are SV Delos and also uh, Sailing La Vagabond. So if you guys are into YouTube sailing channels, check it out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then go look at their Patreons and they're making like 5500 a video. A that's, video. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. It's, it's awesome. That is awesome. Um, I, I, so I'm not really super familiar with Patreon. I know my friend Diego does it for his podcast. Um, so isn't Patreon just a way? Well, do you want to explain it real quick? I mean, what Patreon is? Sure. There's two different ways that you can get paid for your content per video or per month or per item, I guess, per item or production or whatever you want to call it or uh, per month and I thought that in the beginning I would just put out a lot of content and if you put out a lot of content you kind of want to do a per month um, platform but if you're doing like a video every two weeks and it's like 10 minutes long and it has a lot of you know awesome footage or information then it makes more sense to get paid per video And then as a content creator, you have the option to charge your patrons for every, um, like, publication you put out. So you can charge them for one video or you can charge them for two videos per month. And then they also, on their end, have the option to pay for more than one if they release more than one paid um, video. So I don't know if I lost you or if you were able to keep up there. but No, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, so you you got the Patreon account, and then uh, so so what else is going on? We got a big jackal up this year. So there's some changes to jackal up this year. Is that correct? Like, is it I don't just, know. I thought you said it was going to be longer. So. Oh yeah, I mean the first through eight. So it's definitely unofficial. You know, non-event. <laughs> It's so funny this this non-camping trip that we all go to and just spontaneously appear to together. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. It's it's so funny the way it uh, is. It's, it's exactly true though because yeah, it's the only way to be left alone. Yeah, that's true. And if you want, I'll tell the story like of year two. Yeah, I heard year two was some crazy shit. I was contacted by a government agent through the website, and they wanted to know. Who was in charge? Where to send an official letter to? Um, and then they wanted like sixteen. They wanted to know sixteen pages of like more information about the event. And so I had Ernie Ernie call Ernest Hancock from Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock FreedomsPhoenix.com. And he called and he said, "Hi, I'm a journalist with Freedoms Phoenix, and I'm just wondering why you guys care about our camping party." And they're like, well, the website says, you know, shows us a map and looks like there's vendors and um, it says an event, like event meant something. Like they, their issue was if you have a group of people of 70 or more meeting anywhere in their jurisdiction, you have to get a special use permit and pay them and then give them all this information improve like how you're going to take care of sanitation and things like that so anyway uh basically ernie told them yeah there's nobody in charge and 
you're not going to get any of that information. And they tried to like contact him, I think one more time or whatever, and like get just more and more and it just never went anywhere. And so that year we were camping and I was all set up with my agorist marketplace signs and everything. And two forest service rangers showed up like full battle rattle. And <laughs> we're all just like sitting there peacefully like camping and, you know, wanting to be left alone, definitely not harassed by any government agents. And, uh, they came up to my campsite and introduced themselves. And I said who I was back and later I wish I would have just said, hello, but then one of them responded, nice site. And I'm like, I was, I'm thinking, he must be talking about the website. Because it was very weird to compliment my campsite. But it's just a tent. <laughs> <laughs> so Skype is awesome. So um, we were talking about the jackalope and some weird stuff was going on. They said, nice site. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then. Okay. So basically they just wanted to bless us with their presence, I guess. And yeah. they said, we want to make sure uh, nobody's going to drive their ATVs in the meadow. And we want, we want to make sure people are gun safe. Oh, and if more people show up, they can camp over here and they can camp over here. And he like waves his hand in both directions. And I'm like, it's hundreds of miles of national forest. Like, thank you for giving us permission <laughs> well it's deep it's deep in the wilderness like even once you get into the forest like it's like a it's like 30 minutes once you get inside the forest it felt like to get to the campsite it's so deep in there it's awesome i told them if they had anything like pertinent information they should come set up a table in a tent and hang out yeah for sure That's if there's like idea. a you know, a gathering of people and they should know all of these things you say they should know, you should come and tell them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I had such a blaster and I made so many good, um, just networking connections with all the dudes in uh, San Diego. Like I just went out there for a conference and, you know, hooked up with Mike Stetch, uh, pastor and Steve and, um, their guy, cause they got that good community out there and their friend, um, Kevin, uh, Gregenko, like I've hung out with him a bunch of times. Like he's a really good friend of mine. It's all because of, I don't think you should say, I don't think you're, he wants his name said anywhere. Kevin G. I think I, think I know who you're talking about. No, I don't know. He's been on my podcast. Is he the beardy guy? No. The Bitcoin guy? No. Different guy then. That's yeah. There's like three Kevins in that scene. Yeah, yeah. They probably did that shit on purpose. So we yeah. all get confused. Yeah. Kevin Bitcoin. No, I don't. I, I don't really know him. I know I know Kevin. <laughs> I know Kevin Gregenko, and I know uh, uh, Kevin. Who? Um, what is, I tell you, why can't I think of his name now? Kevin Koskela. Kevin Koskela. He hasn't Wait, been to Jackalope yet. Oh, okay. Uh, Kevin Bitcoin. He does a speech at at Jackalope every year, and then says, "Don't rec audio record me or video record me," and like one person will listen. And I'm like, you know that you could change your voice in an audio recording nowadays. Yeah, you can like, make it really you, slow or really low. <laughs> like you got a message, get it out there. Yeah, I don't know. Good for good for uh, Bitcoin Kevin. Um. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want anyone to watch you and you want to. You know, get information out there. Come to Jackalope and get up on stage, and maybe your one person of audience will listen. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> weird to do that. Personally, I, I agree. Um, 
But yeah, so you do have a, a homesteading strategy that um, that was actually what I was. That's what I was talking to Brian about earlier. Was what's this the strategy? Um, but it's your strategy, so it should have been asked. Yeah, this you. is my yeah, this is my strategy, and it's not like a it's it's not in action yet. It's just it's just a thought. But I do know that thoughts become things. So, sure. um, I think that it would be very smart to maybe um, spend like six months on a project, quite possibly building like a earth sheltered home, water collection, or a well, or whatever. Getting the land for as cheap as possible through auction or somebody else selling it and dividing it or whatever you got to do to like get it really, really, really cheap. And then when you sell it, you basically do like a owner carry the loan and you sell it off to like your Liberty friends for not that much money and let them live there off the grid, you know, help them with their solar, have all that stuff set up and then move on to the next project. And once we start the next project, we release all of the footage and documentation from the previous project. But by the time we're releasing it, it's no longer in any of our names. Somebody else has bought it. And so now it's like, oh, they bought it with this previous structure on here or whatever. And usually people are left alone. So, yeah, and I could be naive and that they'll still get screwed with or whatever. But if it's hard to know that anything even went on and the property is like out in who knows where and there's a lot of these and you get to help people get out of the city life and, you know, live in that whole daily thing. So yeah, I definitely think there is a way out of this and helping other people. And even if there were like, you know, multiple houses on one property so that you could like set up communities and then go to the next one. I I'm, I'm definitely thinking of, different strategies. And and I don't think that any of my ideas are original. I mean, I know that human beings have been wanting to live free for a very long time and that generations before us definitely lived like this. And there probably is an already underground network of people. I'm just not tapped into it because I didn't get raised in it. Yeah. I lose you again. Oh, no, I'm here. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. I, it just went silent all of a sudden. I was like, I, damn, you Skype. And then I was like, oh, all of them just might have been done finishing, you know, saying her thought or expressing her thought there. Um, my rant, I'm sure I went off. No, it was yeah. good. I liked it. Um, no, that makes sense. I think that's a great idea because then they, you can kind of keep the whole thing of traveling. Like you can kind of, like you basically kind of temporary homestead for like six months getting something set up and then you're you're helping other people because you have the skills that they might not have so you can get everything in place for them and then move on um yeah it would definitely be um cool to work with you know six other people on projects like these in the future something like some kind of group like that no that sounds pretty cool you could um you could do like a whole you could do a whole thing. You could get somebody off grid. You could set up food systems. You could set up a lot of different stuff. That's a really cool, cool idea. So, well, Alma, we can wrap this up because we had to switch over to your uh, your phone data from wife instead of Wi-Fi. So, um, I don't want to eat that up. And so, 
What's the best way for people to follow you and check out everything that you guys have going on? You can um, watch us on YouTube, Undocumented Human. And we have a website, undocumentedhuman.com. And then for the Jackalope Festival, it's jackalopefreedomfestival.com. And I have an older website that I'm going to be doing some new work on, um, agorismarketplace.com, where you can get connected for free with other agorists if you accept alternative currencies like silver, gold, Bitcoin, barter, trade. So I'm going to be adding a forum where people can communicate with each other. And if people want to hire Brian to do jobs, what's the best way to get a hold of Brian? Is it still through Undocumented Human or? Yeah, I think his phone number is probably on the website. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, Alma, it was great having you on again. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Jackalope. Brian, I'm looking forward to paying you again to build my tent because usually I'm jet lagged and don't really feel (laughs) like doing that. So that's a cool thing about Jackalope is... If you want to be lazy like me and come in and rent a tent from somebody, you can because it's like a whole, there's a whole mark. Well, I mean, maybe unofficially you can and unofficially <laughs> you can give somebody money and they will, and your tent will, will be built. Is that yeah, the way like, to word that? Did I word that correctly? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, whatever. Correctly. You're trading currency for services. Yeah. And it was actually, it was actually clutch because... I think when I first met you guys, I had an hour of sleep because I flew, um, like basically whenever you fly from east to west, like you, like usually the best flights are at like four in the morning or five in the morning. And at that point, like for me, I'm not going to sleep. Like I'd, I'd rather make sure I don't miss the flight and stay up. And then I remember I had, (laughs) I rented a car and I hung out with my friend JR, and then I drove up there, which was like, I think from Phoenix, it's like a three-hour drive or two-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, and I was just pretty beat. And I remember I, I planned on getting a tent from you guys, and I was just looking at it. And I was just thinking, like, man, I really don't want to put this together. And I was just like, hey, Brian, if I give you $20, will you put this together for me? And he was like, absolutely, man. Not a problem. <laughs> so yeah. Brian saved my life that time because I really did not want to mess with that tent. And I really wanted a place to sleep. So, again, Brian, thank you for that. Thanks for the 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it's uh, I just want to say for me, my personal experience, like Jackalope was a great experience. I'm really glad that you invited me out Alma and uh, because it, it I, I probably wouldn't have come if you wouldn't have invited me. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. And then, um, but it was, it's just an awesome experience. Like I, there's so many cool people, cool, interesting people there. And um, have you been to pork fest yet? No, I didn't really want, I, I don't know. I was kind of like, man, I got a Jackalope. That's enough. That's enough for me. So you're going to come to Jackalope again this year. Yeah. That's the game plan. Uh, depending on, What's going on with like the the urban farming thing? I definitely want to go though. I got to figure out when's going to be the best time. So I might miss. I might be. I should be able to miss a farmers market. I mean, at this point, it's a yes. And as long as we get like a lot of systems in place, like we have a lot of us working together, so I should be able to get the weekend off. I couldn't come for the whole time, but I could definitely come for you know four days or three days or something like that. That'd be cool. Right on. Make sure you stay for the Sunday night potluck. There's always like a 
a secret keynote speaker camper. Yeah, I missed that one last time. I had to, I had to go back. Um, but yeah, I definitely will try to do that. Um, and there's also a cool farm I want to check out. My friend Eric Schultz, he has uh, Steadfast Farms. It's in this like Agritopia spot, but it's 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 actually pretty legit. Eric's a really good farmer, so he does like uh, he does a lot of perennial like fruits, and he does a lot of he does a lot of the same practices that um, that I'm trying to do. So where's he at? Uh, let me look up Eric. Eric's cool as hell. Um. He's in Arizona? Yeah, he's in the, like, Phoenix area, like the Phoenix, like the, the southern, he's in southern Arizona. Um, I wonder if he, I wonder if I'm friends with him on Facebook. No, I don't think you are. I was, that uh, name sounds really familiar to me. Yeah, he's in Guilford, Arizona. Gilbert? Yep, Gilbert, yep, I don't know how to read, that B was definitely not an F. Yeah, he it's, lives in Gilbert, Arizona, he's at Steadfast Farms. Isn't were like, you friends suggest us? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like okay. we do this every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do you know friends where I live? And I know friends where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely doing that. That's what Facebook's supposed to find those friends for you. It's. Well, it's, I yeah. Think, yeah. It's doing something. Yeah. Facebook is. And then um, I don't know. I think it's it's good that we use Facebook for networking and uh, stalking people that we, don't, that we don't like which is what a lot of people use facebook for but anyways ladies and gentlemen go to alma sites support her and what she and her and brian what they have going on and thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the sample hour